Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Wonderful. Welcome back to Wonderful. It's episode two of Wonderful, and folks, the reviews are in. I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now when they're doing podcasting, and it looks like you got a hundred stars. Ooh. How do you want to spend them? Um, I want to get the backpack and <laughs> the jean jacket. And the finger trap. That can be fun. And you can get like 10 Tootsie Rolls, but and they're really shitty stale Tootsie the Rolls. The Huffy Bike. Damn. Okay. We got 100 stars, babe. It's not that many. It's on a scale of 150. You've changed stars. the heuristics. Uh, okay. I'm doing, um, I'm everybody doing... loves it is basically the moral of the story. Everybody fucking loves the show and everybody's never, nobody said anything fucking mean about it or how she'd go back to covering the bachelor. <laughs> fucking nobody, <laughs> nobody. Anyway, I don't want to get negative because this is a wonderful to positive show. And we got a hundred stars and I don't know how I'm going to spend all of them. One time it was my 10th birthday and my nanny got me a star named after me. That's what the McElroy's call their grandmother. Everybody knows. It uh, got me a star named after me and I was so like psyched out of my oh, mind. Oh, you're that Griffin. Uh-huh. You know how when you look up at the sky at night and there's that one big, weird red star? Mm-hmm. That me. looks like it has glasses. Mm-hmm. I always thought, I wonder who that's for. Yeah, there's a face in it, yeah. And it's uh, heading towards Earth. So, Melancholia style. Like, it, 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 it's coming. I'm I'm coming, I should say. I'm you know, coming. I never saw Melancholia. I, I heard, watched the first minute of I it. I heard and it was not good. I watched the first minute of it, and I saw a planet hit another planet. And I got so existentially spooked out that I was like, <laughs> oh, thank you, Lars. Thanks, Lars. Check, please. Um, so, on this show, we talk about things that we like and things that are good and things that we're excited about. And then we listen to some of the things that you're excited about. And then we talk about those, too. Um, I would love to start off things this week. I think week. you should start this I'm week. I'm going to start things off this week with a thing I've been really into lately. Okay. And I think I just have it on the brain because I've been traveling. Uh, I just got back from a, a Bim Bam tour. And the thing I want to bring to the table this week okay. is bars, by which I mean bar foods, by which I mean bar-shaped foods. Foods in the shape of bars. Foods that use the bar format as a delivery vehicle. Are you talking about a candy bar? Mmm. Mmm. That's one of the things I'm talking about here. Yeah, for sure I'm talking about a candy bar. I'm also talking about, you know, a nice bar. I'm talking about a, gr- a granola bar. I'm talking about a Nutri-Grain bar. I'm talking about a little cereal bar. I'm talking about a little flapjack. This is what our friends across the pond call a, like a little friendly little breakfast bar. I'm talking about a brownie bar. I'm talking about a cookie bar. Any kind of damn bar that you could think of. And you like all bars? I tell you what I like is all bars, all bar-shaped foods. There's so many reasons for this. I um, I travel I travel like a lot, and I have basically since I kind of started working at Joystick, which was like 2000 and holy shit, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of learned like I have a like loadout that I just know like I've got to have my got to have my cans, got to have my sleep mask. I bring a modium. I learned that little trick based on my fateful trip to Austin where we met and I had the worst gut situation. Um, and then I, nowadays I usually have one or two bars with me and the bar type usually changes, but I always rely on a bar. And I think a bar, like I measure my hunger in like relative bars. That's not to say that I only eat bars, but that I, I know sometimes, like, ooh, I'm getting pretty hungry. But dinner's in an hour. I can tie that over. I can cross that. I can lay a big bar down and cross that hour-long bridge to get me to my next meal, my fourth meal, or my third meal, as the case usually is, with a nice Osei peanut bar. 
I feel like you're not into this conversation at well, all. Well, I'm just trying to think about it. So is it a cost-saving thing, or is it a really a satisfying hunger thing? A Snickers bar satisfies the hunger. They know it. They got a lot of stuff in that one bar. It's a. It's not a cost-saving thing. It's a, like, I, there, I have certain... Whenever I snack, I always try to snack with a purpose. And so it's like... <laughs> I need something that's going to, I'm pretty hungry and it's three o'clock. Ooh, three o'clock is bar time, isn't it? Yeah. Because you got to get yourself to six or seven until you get a bar going. I think what I was confused about, so I have incorporated bars into my daily life for sure. Uh, But at first I thought it was just a travel thing for you. And that's what I was trying to figure out. It's definitely a big travel thing. What is it about travel that makes you want bars? I'll tell you what it is. You, you never know. You step onto an airplane, you are making a contract, an indefinite contract with that airplane. You never, you never fucking know. When you, when I get to like an airport and it's uh, 1135, right? And I'm not quite hungry yet because I have my, my breakfast at 10, but I'm on a four hour flight. I don't want it to be fucking 4 p.m. when I get to my destination. I haven't had lunch. That's where my friend bars come in. And See, I have I two of confused. my bars. I was confused because the Griffin McRae I know that travels specifically in the morning always gets a coffee. Yes. Bagel and cream cheese. And? Banana. Ties it all together. The banana. <laughs> the banana makes the, the I, coffee I and cream cheese bagel this, work together in the I morning. I don't know that I know this bar, bar McElroy. Well, I I like to eat healthy in front of you. And that's one thing I should... Uh, I, I think yeah, there's probably... Bagel and cream cheese is not that. Well, it's all relative. <laughs> one thing I do want to hop on here is I think there's a lot of bars out there that say a bunch of shit, but do another shit. There's a lot of Sweetums Activia bar or whatever yeah. they call them on, on that Parks and Rec episode of just like... Because here's the thing. If I eat a cliff bar, it's like I've just eaten a f- like a fucking like magic eight ball of sugar. Like it we, is. Uh, this is a fun story. Oh no, I don't think I know which one you're about to talk no, about. No, it is. Okay. it's fun. When we went on our honeymoon, we brought like an economy size pack of peanut butter cliff bars, which is my jam. And we used those when we were kind of in between meals because we did a lot of walking. Yeah, especially when we were in Hakone where there was like, we didn't know where a restaurant was mm-hmm. sometimes. And, and so now I forever associate peanut butter cliff bars with our honeymoon. It's my favorite. It really is. It's my favorite cliff bar. Here, let's talk about, you eat a lot of the kind, you eat a lot of kind <laughs> bars. There's a lot to talk about in bars. But here's the thing about bars. Bars are usually just like perfectly snack sized. Thank you. It's, I'm I'm usually on the go, right? I am never satisfied by a bar. I'm just going to put that. You're never out satisfied there. by a bar, but you're okay. Oh, it'll get me there. He'll get me there. This bar. I, will I get have me actually. There. This is a fun, maybe sad story. Um, I have become very dependent on bars now uh, that Henry has been born, because uh, I find, especially when Griffin is out of town. It's difficult sometimes to eat meals while Henry is awake. So well, I you should will, never skip a meal for a bar. I will just eat a bar for breakfast. No, baby, bars are your <laughs> no, baby, bars are your friend. Bars are bars. <laughs> bars are the the car that gets you to your destination. They are not the destination itself. Yeah, I know. This this is why I was skeptical because I've never eaten a bar and thought, well, that'll hold me over for three hours. No, 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 no. You can't do that. Yeah, you got it. You got to you got to do better than that. The bars mm. the bars a car. It's a car bar. It's not Seattle or wherever it is. You know what bar I'm digging on lately? I know that's not the purpose of this conversation. No, please just talk about bars. Okay. Um, I want to say it like Lara Bar. Lara Bar, yeah. Because there's no U in there. Sure. Um, but they are dairy free, soy free. Gotta have Um, that. 
and they have fun flavors. Um, I got a, a mint chocolate chip brownie the okay. other day. You've brought me to my next point. Pretty dope. You've brought me to my next point. I hate to turn things, flip it on bars right now. After I've been building up bars, I've been building up bars, but I'm going to put bars on blast right now. Because here's the thing. Well, here's what I love. Candy bars. Loving them. Are you kidding me? The Milky Way, probably my favorite. I'll fuck with a Heath anytime. You know what I almost brought to the table this week? What's that? Paydays. Ooh, that would have been weird because those aren't my favorite. Okay. I don't, I don't want to yuck your yum. Um, and I also like a granola bar, a Nutri-Grain, a peanut butter, Cliff Bar, whatever. I don't like a chocolate, like, granola bar. I don't groove on a chocolate, like... That's ridiculous. Fruit and nut bar. I want my candy bars to be separate, and then I want my fruit and nut and other flavors. That's ridiculous. Okay. Uh, the most contentious episode of Wonderful Yet. I'm not sure how I feel about this. If chocolate direction. is an option in any item. An act, I know. You should select it. For sure. <laughs> Um, that's my thing. Bars. They are, Bars. They, they are, they fall within the width and depth of my mouth and then they get me four bites and I'm good to go. They are a yum plug for my food socket and I'm fucking into bars right now. Whoa. That's N- a nature, sound bite. Nature, if I ever heard nature Valley peanut bars are my jam. We get a box of 48 of them at Costco and I drill into those motherfuckers. <laughs> I destroy those big boxes. You're laughing because it's true. So unhealthy again. Sw- full Sweetum situation. A lot of these. I think. I think. I think I called them nice bars earlier. They're kind yeah, bars. I didn't really know what. Thank to get you. Into. Kind bars. I think kind bars are okay. I think there's a few that are like okay, and then there's like a Cliff well, Bar that is like it, like eating twenty. What they all inevitably have more calories and sugar than you would think <laughs> they would. <laughs> it's a bar. It's but your I'm friend. I'm of the mindset now that like you need those calories. Sometimes you yeah, need those yeah. calories. Um, I recognize that they are not helpful and a lot of them are probably deceptive in their advertising, but a lot of times I have a bar size hole in my tummy and they fill them right up. Bars. Bars. Is it my turn? I just moved away from my mic looking all satisfied at you. Like I crushed my first topic. Let's see what's up. You're, uh, you're going to be blown away. If yours is like discs of food, food spheres. Ours, I don't think ours are going to be similar this week. Griffin and I talked about how our dream is the week where we both bring the same thing, but I don't think that's this week. Yeah. I I would be blown away if you're like, here's a, here's this week. I also wanted to bring a shape of food. (laughs) Uh, my first topic, Rube Goldberg's. Oh, damn. Yes, baby. Mm -hmm. You are killing it. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking about this when I was trying to come up with the topic. And I was thinking about my favorite movie, which is Pee-wee's Big Adventure. This is the truth. Rachel's not just saying that. Yeah. And I was thinking, what is, what are some particular scenes in that movie that I like a lot? Maybe I'll just talk about those scenes. And then I thought, you know what I love? That opening breakfast montage where he gets out of bed and his little Rube Goldberg machine makes him breakfast. And I find that scene so satisfying. Here's the thing about that scene. We also watched Sing the animal singing movie and there's a bit where a a pig set up a rube goldberg machine to like take care of her kids while she goes on auditions yeah does he have to set up the eggs and our coffee maker has a timer on it where i can put the coffee in the night before and put the water in the night before and then set it to make coffee waiting for me till it's up at 7 a.m we've never done that we've never done that i do not think i would go around my house and like reset the egg beaters onto the kite and then put some orange juice inside of the bust of Leonard this is not the wonderful thing i wanted to talk about okay 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 okay. (laughs) i didn't want to talk about the practical i think peewee would do it peewee would do it i don't think i i don't think i've got it in me Mm. i would need to hire somebody to come and refill the bust with the orange juice yeah that's not fun 
that's not fun to think about. I mean, it's a it's an expense, but like you, everything, there's no such thing as a free automated Rube Goldberg I breakfast. Focus on the wonder of these machines. I, I'm blown away by them. I'm blown away. <laughs> You're talking about whether they get orange juice in there every morning. Come on. Where do you think the orange juice comes from? Yeah. Oh, let's be realistic here. Rube Goldberg. Was a big racist, probably. Did you Google that? We got to Google that stuff. I'm going to Google Rube Goldberg. Hold on. Wait. Keep talking, but I'm going to Google Rube Goldberg racist. Was born in 1883 and lived oh, till... Oh, 1883. The odds are probably pretty good. He lived till 1970. Holy shit. He probably had some sort of machine that he had was plugged into. Here's the thing that I didn't realize. Okay. He was a cartoonist, and the reason that Rube Goldberg the inventions got associated with him is because in his comic strip uh, he had a character that would develop crazy inventions. So Rube Goldberg himself, not an invention guy. It was a cartoon he drew. Okay. So the cartoon was based on Professor Lucifer Gorgonzola Butts. And I say based on, but this is obviously a fictional <laughs> character. <laughs> um, so when I was researching Rube Goldberg... There is a corresponding guy in the UK. So instead of calling them Rube Goldbergs in the UK, they call them Heath Robinsons. What? There was also a cartoonist in the same time period named Heath Robinson that also had a character that created fun inventions. Okay. And so in the UK, they call them Heath Robinsons. All right, Heath. I mean, maybe Rube yoinked it. Who, who, Who was there first? Do you have any indication? I don't know. I don't know if this was one of those like simultaneous stars aligned situations where they were both doing it. I don't know. Okay. Uh, but uh, movies that have featured Rube Goldberg's include Wallace and Gromit, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, uh, Back to the Future, mm-hmm. um, The Goonies, Gremlins, the Saw movies, which I thought was kind of a stretch. Well, I, I mean, every <laughs> thing in the it pulls on the thread and then your ribs come Home out alone. Home Alone, kind of. Again, like, uh, for me, it has to go on for, like, a bit. Well, you'd walk in, and the blowtorch would light up and set your head on fire. Yeah, that's a trap. (laughs) If you, like, step into, like, this pile of leaves, and it falls out, and you land on the spike trap I have under that, that's not a Rube Goldberg machine. That's a trap I laid for you. So when I was in eighth grade in my physics class... Did you make one? We all had to create Rube Goldbergs. How'd it go? Um, pretty good. The thing we didn't account for was that when we set up, we set up on two tables that weren't level. Oh, beans. So we had this ball going down a ramp that would hit dominoes. Dominoes would fall over and put a stamp on a letter. Yeah. But the ball kept bouncing when it got to the end of the ramp because Can't. it was chaos uneven. theory. Mm. Didn't you see Jurassic Park? You didn't know, you I listen did. to Dr. Ian? I did. I did see that. I did see Jurassic Park. Yeah. Um, there was a Japanese children's television show called Pitagora Suichi which is uh, Pythagoras switch, I guess, in Japanese, um, that had a, I saw this last year, and I just Googled it, and it turned up a, a, an article, actually from this past April, from our good buddy Chris Plant uh, on The Verge, and it is a Rube Goldberg machine that tells a story about these, like, brothers wandering through a forest, but everything that happens in it is, like, things, like, moving around in a little oh, thing. It's so good. Oh, for those that aren't familiar with the concept of Rube Goldbergs, it's, it's taking kind of complicated gadgets to perform simple tasks in indirect convoluted ways. If you've ever seen an OK Go music video, you're 
Yeah, exactly. You're going to get there. Do you remember one of the first nights that we had Henry home and he was sleeping in bed with us and we were so tired and we'd watched literally everything on Netflix. And so we watched a documentary about the making of an OK Go music video where they did the the parabolic flight stuff. Those were those were fun. Um, (laughs) I have another one here. Can I talk about my next one? Yes, please. I want to talk about the wombat. You basically introduced me to the wombat. I'm a recent sort of fan. I was not familiar, really, with the wombat. I'm a recent fan of the wombat. Everybody, I think, knows my proclivities for the the humble capybara, the big rodent, the big and wonderful rodent. They've got little little teeth inside of their huge, huge faces, and they got, like, horse hooves, basically, and it's really great. And I think my admiration for the wombat is sort of also like there except like the wombat if this is even possible is even smaller and maybe even cuter than the capybara more bear-like definitely sort of more spherical this is a round mound of sound here smaller Smaller. definitely they usually get grow to be about one meter in length um oh you're gonna have to convert that for me (laughs) i think the meter is meter three feet or is yard three feet yard is three feet meters like what three point I have no F- idea. Fuck. <laughs> so w- Rachel and I are both scientists. <laughs> That's why we do this show. Wombats are, go look at a picture of a wombat before we get started, if you're not familiar. Because mm. I didn't think I, I, I think I, before I saw my first wombat, I think I thought they were something completely different. I think I, know, I thought they too. were like weird, nasty rats, or maybe even literally bats. Yeah, I thought they were more bat-like. I thought they may have been sort of a flying creature of some sort. No, these are just little, um, sort of a mix between a capybara and like a koala bear. You and- know how I know something is cute hmm. when I think about putting clothes on it. Oh, okay, that's how. That's my metric. Like, if I see an animal and I think, what would that animal look like in overalls? That means that I think it's cute. Yeah. And a wombat definitely, definitely would, look would be great. good. And I think a wombat would be into it. I think a wombat <laughs> would definitely be into it. They are uh, marsupials that are native to Australia. Um, marsupials are like 100% great. They are batting a thousand, definitely. Is there an, oh, is there an ugly, cute. is there an ugly, like awful marsupial? I'm sure there is, but let's not think about that. Let's think about the good <laughs> ones, like the wombat. The wombat is so good. Um, here's a fact from Wikipedia. Though genetic studies of the uh, vombitidae have been under... That's the wom- Whatever. That's what nerds call them. <laughs> uh, have been undertaken. Evolution of the family is not well understood. Wombats are estimated to have diverged from other Australian marsupials relatively early, as long as 40 million years ago, while some estimates place divergence at around 25 million years. Where did these Whoa. fucking things come from? I don't know. They're wicked old, and we don't know where they came from, but they are, I think, maybe... I think God put them here on Earth. That, so that means like they're angels. There's maybe caveman drawings of who knows? wombats. Uh, no, baby, you're going to get a slam because I do not know the time periods at which different <laughs> things did and did not exist. Well, I, they were definitely here before us, right? Uh, I mean, we've only been here six thousand years. Or s- <laughs> um, no, I, I don't, I don't know anything about anything. But what I do know is that nobody knows where these wombats came from, and that delights me to no end. They're such a wonderful little creature. Um, Wikipedia describes them as short-legged, muscular, quadrupedal marsupials. And I love that because it's oh, they do – if you look at them through like that – like little Tony Robbins. If you look at them through – that's weird <laughs> that that's where you went. Yeah, they're like little Brock Lesners. If you look at them and you just think like these are soft, sweet little animals, that's great. But if you look at them, they look like really like – if they were bigger, like actually like Kodiak bear size, they'd be fucking ripped. 
but because they're so tiny, you look at them and you're just like, look at those little no, tiny No, if they were bigger, piggies. they'd be very prehistoric-like, I think. Um, let me tell you, I watched, I was Googling a video uh, of, of wombats to get prepared for this sort of emotionally, mm-hmm. and also because it's a <laughs> Tuesday, and I needed that strength in my life. Yes. And there's a lot of ones of just like them hanging out in a, a you know a big backpack, just like cuddling around. And Oof. there's one of like a guy laying in a field. And a little are guy there any of up. them eating? What do they eat? Uh, plants, plant stuff. Okay. Uh, they're very, 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 very. There's two, as far as I could tell, records of uh, um, attacks of wombat <laughs> uh, to human attacks. Two. That's fucking great. <laughs> Earth's been around for a trillion years or so. <laughs> Two wombat attacks is not. Oh, they've been repping the set for like forty million to twenty five yeah, million it's years. Better than Two, sharks. Better, way better than sharks. Let's not get on sharks though. They've they're going through a tough time. <laughs> Wombats are. I was looking and there was one where like a guy was trying to water some plants at like a some sort of mm-hmm. habitat in Australia, and this wombat kept like running up to his feet and legs, just wanting some love. But he's like, oh, "Get out of here!" Nice. I, gotta... I think I've seen that one. <laughs> then I watched a video done by a gentleman who is, as far as I can tell, an extreme Australia explorer, and his particular jam is getting in abandoned sewer tunnels, like very, very, very narrow spaces, which sent me down into a tizzy. Um, and it was listed as, uh, a, a wombat attack. And I was like, well, I do need to do my prep work for this. I got to know if these creatures are vicious because if so, I don't want to promote them. And what he explained and what Wikipedia backed up. And by the way, he explained this while showing his like GoPro video of him climbing through this like super narrow tunnel. And then there's a, a wombat and then he freaks the fuck out, which I thought he was being childish. But then, uh, let me read this from Wikipedia. Their primary defense is their toughened rear hide, with most of the posterior made of cartilage. This, combined with uh, its lack of a meaningful tail, makes it difficult for any predator that follows the wombat into its tunnel to bite and injure its target. When attacked, wombats dive into a nearby tunnel, using their rumps to block a pursuing attacker. A wombat may allow an intruder to force its head over the wombat's back, and then use its powerful legs to crush the skull of the predator against the roof of the tunnel, or drive it off with its two-legged kick like those of a donkey hi welcome to my house i'm gonna fucking destroy you with my big heavy butt hi yeah come on oh you're gonna bite my butt oh you're gonna bite my butt oh enjoy oh it seems like you're having trouble maybe it's because it's uh hard as a rock back there that's incredible you thought you could just have a meal of mind dumps yeah come here come a little closer get it right above my butt okay squish Oh, no, your head exploded because I used my big and powerful and adorable butt, my big and powerful and fucking rock hard tushy to destroy your fucking head. Can we develop a workout video called Wombat Ass and it's just us doing kind of lunges and squats to really tone up the posterior so that we can, as humans, develop a tough, strong Wombat Ass? Maybe or maybe I can just get some sort of cartilage implant back there to just give me that really powerful. <laughs> I just like I cannot get Take over the cartilage from my nose. Yeah, get it all out of there. Put my it in my, my butt. shoulders, knees, get it all out of there. Put it all in my butt. <laughs> what I can't get over is this image of like um, you know, a Tasmanian devil. Are they carnivores? I don't know anything about anything. A big wolf chasing a chasing wombat. Wombat dives in the tunnel. Wolf's like, Haha, sucker! Now you're trapped. And the wombat's like. I'm not in here with you. You're in here with me. Squish. 
Like, oh, you're trying to bite my butt. Because I think, because I get that, like, evolution and, like, instinct, like, teaches this out of animals where, like, you know, like, okay, well, I'm not going to fuck with that animal because they have this advantage in this home turf. I do not think that this is a thing that anybody could ever learn. Because you see a wombat and you're like, I'm going to fucking pop that in my mouth, like, pop secret. And then it goes into a hole and you're like, yum, 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 dinner time. And then your head is destroyed by its huge, powerful ass. What if you could breed a wombat and a skunk? wouldn't that be incredible so if they're not deterred by you spraying them with your smell right that's sort of the non-lethal tactic you just smush them with your butt yeah oh my god so that guy in that video that i was talking about he sees this wombat and he's like no and he like gets out because he gives like this testimonial being in a video like that was one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me i've gone on a lot of adventures and based on his youtube channel he has and he was like and it is not it would not be that hard for that wombat to back up and suffocate me fuck yes wombat <laughs> don't don't murder wombat but like the fact that you can't with your butt is extremely good oh to me gosh. again i'm sorry babe i think i i think capybara is slipping a little bit down the list yeah i think capybaras are great i don't think my exposure to them is as, as tremendous since the nagasaki biopark vine isn't uh, available anymore yeah. um but these wombats are adorable as shit they want all they want to do is snuggle and they want attention and snuggle and also if you go into their tunnel they'll destroy your fucking head with their big powerful powerful butts best animal and they look really good in like a little straw hat oh oh man can we get suspenders on one of these things i don't know how we're gonna fit it over you put suspend you put any kind of pants over that big butt it's like oh really spectacles little spectacles on its head holy shit um how about we take a break and talk about some advertisers okay can i steal you away it's very sensual well that's and again a lot of the reviews that we got were not sensual enough turn up the sex and so here we are it can be intimidating trying to roll with the console cowboys in cyberspace um, there's always the worry that maybe they know something that you don't vis-a-vis, um, website design or website functionality. And you think that I could never be that. I could never be among their illustrious ranks. Griffin, if I wanted to build a website where I ranked my favorite episodes of Ghostwriter, would I be able to do that? Well, first of all, it would be the same list as everybody else's with the Julia Stiles episode at the top. But yes, you can do that with Squarespace. It's the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Every Squarespace website and online store comes with a suite of integrated features and useful guides that help maximize prominence among search results. Do you want to have special functionality like maybe a members-only VIP club section of your website? You can do that. Do you want to sell stuff? Yeah, you can do that too. Do you want to have an online scheduler so that people, you can, you can sell uh your time yeah you can do that also anything is possible that's um there for the commercial the super bowl commercial they had that was my voice yelling anything is possible wow yeah not a lot of people know that hey head to squarespace.com slash wonderful pod for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code wonderful pod to save 10 percent off your first purchase of a website or domain griffin yeah you know it's a shame what is that when you order uh, meals to be delivered to you, they can only be for dinner. That's true because of the law. But wait, wait, what's this coming across our desk? The law is different now? <laughs> it's factor. 
These rebels are operating outside the boundaries of food law. <laughs> Factor has breakfast. They have midday bites. They have smoothies. Uh, there's lots of stuff you can get with Factor. What other things can you get with Factor? Well, I'm looking at this menu right now. They got a lot of tasty little options for you. I'm talking about artichoke and spinach chicken with roasted zucchini and tomato butter. Did you even know that butter could be tomato? <laughs> Not me. Shredded chicken and loaded mashed taters. With, I changed the word. They say potatoes, but I said taters, precious. With mushroom <laughs> gravy, smoked cheddar, uh, bacon, and Parmesan broccoli. Uh, this this menu is out of sight, and my mouth is just watering looking at these glossy JPEGs of tasty food. So head to factormeals.com slash wonderful50 and use code wonderful50 to get 50% off. That's code wonderful50 at factormeals.com slash wonderful50 to get 50% off. <laughs> uh, we got a couple Jumbotron messages here. This one is for Eileen Denny, and it's from Matt Denny, who says, happy anniversary, leaner. Uh, that's already the cutest shit ever. Uh, we've been married for three years now, and I have loved every minute of it. Whether raising our adorable baby, reading to you while you fall asleep, losing to you at Dr. Mario, or listening to all of our good, good podcasts together, you're my favorite. Love you, babe. Q Griffin humming Amber by 311. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really understand why the. I don't know why, the, baby. That wasn't me. <laughs> Where did that come from? I have no. Baby, I need you to go get the, sh- go get the shot, and jam it directly in. Right into my brain, babe. It's the only way to. Whoa, baby, please. I like it. Why would I stop this? Because you need to get to the refrigerator and get the shot out of it, and put it right in my brain. Please, baby. Shades of it's gold not a time to groove. Naturally. It's not a time to groove. Uh, can you read this other jumbotron? <clears throat> this message is for Griffin. Hey, I know him. It's from Angus McDonald, Boy Detective. Uh, the crossover event that everybody's been asking for for the past week when our show debuted. All right, here I'm going to show my my fandom. I'm yeah, do, do my it. Angus impression. Please do. Hello, sir. It's Angus McDonald, boy detective, speaking from across dimensions. I just wanted to say thanks for creating me. I'm a delightful character who brings joy to thousands of the Adventure Zone fans. I've never seen The Bachelor before, but I hear it's about the greatest mystery of all, love. So I'm sure I'd be a fan if it existed in my world. Uh, Oh, my sweet Angus, my sweet boy. If you want to get a Jumbotron... How would you do that? You would go to MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotrons and do them there. And if you already had one on Rose Buddies, it's going to be on Wonderful. Obviously, that's how it's been working. <laughs> Thank you, Angus. Thank you, Angus. I'm, I apologize that I can't do the Angus voice. but you I did so good, babe. I captured the mood, I thought. I'm Allegra Ringo. And I'm Renee Colbert. And we host a podcast called Can I Pet Your Dog? Renee, can I tell you about a dog I met this week? Uh, I wish that you would. In turn, though, can I tell you about a dog hero? May I tell you about a dog breed in a segment I like to call Mutt Minute? (laughs) I would love that. Could we maybe talk about some dog tech? Could we have some cool guests on, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, Nicole Byer, and Ann Wheaton? I mean... Yeah, absolutely. I'm in. You're on board. What do you say we uh, we do all of this and put it into a podcast? Yeah, okay. You think? <laughs> all right. Uh, should we call it like I don't know? Can I pet your dog? Sure. All right. Uh, what do you What do you say we put it on every Tuesday on Maximum Fun or on iTunes? Sounds the- good to me. <laughs> Meeting's over. My second wonderful thing, please. Foursquare. Oh, okay. Wait. 
Are you talking about the app? The or you game. Told- okay. I'm not talking about the app. I'm talking about the game. Foursquare, man. I used to play the fuck out of Foursquare. Foursquare was the best game for child uh, athletes that weren't athletes. <laughs> um, that is so apt. There, there's a rubber ball. There a is Foursquare. What what would you call that ball? I guess a dodgeball, right? It's like a playground ball. Like a playground ball, a dodgeball, yeah. a Foursquare. Well, ball. more of a kickball than a dodgeball. Dodgeballs yeah. were usually smaller. Okay. Um. And it, it is. It's just a square drawn on the ground with four quadrants. Yeah. Um, if and, memory serves, you had a teammate. I would usually play. Do so. This here's, is what this I'm is what's going to get. This is going to get wild because, mm-hmm. like, literally, there were school to school in Huntington, exactly. West Virginia. The worlds were different. I cannot imagine how y'all fucked around in St. Louis. I know. So this is also called box ball. Or no, it's king, not. Or King's Corners. Incorrect. Uh, and it's been around at least since the nineteen uh, fifties. Um, this seems like one of those like ancient like, like they were playing this in like Incan like civilizations. Uh, so I found it interesting to read about this just because they listed a lot of example rules. So the way the way it's played for those that don't know, there are always four people playing, and each time um, you advance in the game, which you advance by somebody either dropping the ball or the ball going out of bounds. Um. And when they get kicked out, you move up a square to replace them. And so once you're in the four square, you get to decide the rules. And you get to serve and... Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a four square world championship, which I thought was a little suspect because it happens in uh, Bridgeton, Maine. And when I looked at the list of winners, they were all people from Maine. <laughs> like they say... Okay. They say on the website that, that it draws athletes from the USA and Canada and has registered competitors from Israel uh, to Bermuda. Okay. But when you look at the list of winners, like they're Maine, like Maine, Maine, Maine. all Maine. That could... That, yeah. I mean, that's partially because like who is like... There's probably not that so many people that are that into Foursquare that they will drive up to Maine to uh, compete. But tell me if you're familiar with any of these Oh man, rules. I had such a specific rule set. I am so fucking excited to hear I've about I've got this. them in my head too. Okay, okay. Early birds. Don't know. No. What is that? So uh, to to well, sort to sort of like uh, to paint like a little bit more of a clear picture. It's kind of tennis rules, right? Where you get the ball served to your square, it bounces yeah, once you in your square. It, you hit it back, and then and you forth. have to hit it to a different square. I almost always played duos, where you and your partner were on opposite corners, and so oh, you'd see, have. To... We never played that. Okay. Uh, snake eyes. No way. Jackpot. No. Body parts. Does that mean you can hit them in the body and then they're out? You can hit the ball with any part of the body. Oh, uh, okay. No, I did play it that if it hit them, like it counted as a as a hit, and so they would be out. So that was a good tactic of just like just slamming it at somebody. Bobbles. Was that where you could sort of bounce it from one hand to the other? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We did play bobbles. Double taps. Was that where you could hit it towards the ground and then hit it a second time to yeah. like add like a yeah, that was like a faint strike maneuver where you'd hit it and somebody would think they would know how hard it was going and then you could hit it a second time. So I, that I, was it? That was the only rules? The, well, those are just the examples they gave. Okay. I would, I would play uh, outside lines are in, inside lines are out. No matter what, if you hit an inside line, you're out. And if you hit the outside line, it counts. That's fair I am play. not familiar with that at okay, all. Okay, that one's in. We would play uh, popcorn where you could- I know popcorn. You could bounce it inside of somebody else's square and then like move in really quick to like hit it a second time and like bounce it down. And oh, that would be out. that's different than I think I know. Um, yeah, we definitely played that if you hit somebody else with any other part of their body, so you could like drill it at them, but if they got out of the way, it would be out, obviously. Oh. Um, we had so many rules. We had a four square championship. Here's a sad story. 
I tried out for the basketball team at Miller Elementary School every oh, year. That's and sweet. I, I never made it. I never even came close Did to making it. Did you think that? Um, Please finish the sentence because it's going to be so <laughs> cruel and you can't have started it and not finish it, but go ahead and say it. Go ahead and finish it because it's, it's going to be un, it's going to be remarkably cruel. But you've already started it, and I know what the end's going to be, so you may as well say it because I'll be even more hurt if you don't. <laughs> go ahead and finish that sentence for me, please, and just did go ahead. And... You, did you think you were good at basketball? All right, there it was. I'm you sorry. know what? I know what I said. It actually it was much worse to actually hear it. Um, we had a basketball court like growing up in our backyard. We had a, a, a grass backyard where we had like all of our toys, and then one day. We built a like family room extension onto the back of our house, and then Dad paved over the backyard and put in a basketball court. Paved by the backyard, put up a baseball court, and <laughs> uh, I didn't play that much. But like everybody, it was fucking Space Jam had just come out. It was fucking '96. Uh, like Michael Jordan was like crushing it in the Bulls. What was and, like, your your biggest basketball skill? Like, were you a good sh- shootsman? Yeah. I was a good shootsman. I, How I was, was, your, the, I was your dribbling. I was actually pretty good at like three pointers. But like, yeah, if anybody, if anybody okay. was, if anybody was covering me in any way, <laughs> I would fall the fuck apart. But I can make like a miracle long bomb from time to time. Okay. I was, I was not good, but I, it's still like, if you were cool at our elementary school, you auditioned for the basketball team. You, and aud- you auditioned for the basketball team. That's sweet. <laughs> uh, is that what I said? Yes. Oh shit. <laughs> You tried out. You tried out for the for the um, the director of the team, and so uh, I did every year. I never made it, right? And there were kids that I grew up with and was in like preschool and elementary school with, and we had um, there was uh, I guess a like a in home nanny's not the right word, but like an in home daycare thing that somebody ran um and me and like some of these kids like were in it and then they got athletic and they joined the basketball team and so i'd always join it just because like all my old buddies were doing it and that was like where i started to feel like i was sort of slotting into my place in mm-hmm. the hierarchy right yeah. because i had all no, these I, bu- I had all these buddies in uh kindergarten and i had these buddies in first grade and I had these buddies in second grade and then by third grade they were i know accomplished athletes that's, that's and exactly i was when you figure was, it out and i was not and I was like watching them all kind of yeah. drift away a little mm-hmm. bit, which is uh, not a complete sad story. Like I started doing community theater around that time and I made this incredible group of friends that I have to this day. Um, but this was like scary for me. And so I always tried to play basketball team, never made it, but I was fucking good at Foursquare. I was really fucking good at Foursquare. And so one day my elementary school threw a Foursquare tournament and I got on a team with a couple of my old buddies, fucking Stetson and, uh, and David and John and you had a buddy whose first name was Stetson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's darling. Uh, he ran. I don't know if he still does. I think it may have shut down, but he ran a candy store next to a oh movie theater in Huntington. Did, did he have a handlebar mustache? He did not. No. Oh, um, and so so I, was, close. I was on a team with them, right? And we would do like rotations, like knockout style, or once your team was completely knocked out, you're out. Uh, and we were crushing it. We were crushing it. We like made it through like three rounds of the tournament, made it to the finals, or the second. Uh, the final two, we were one of the teams in and we lost uh, to the first place team. And I was heartbroken because it was so sad. Like these were my friends and I was finally proving to them like I'm an athlete too. And then (laughs) I went to computer lab (laughs) and I got on like the clip art software and I made certificates. Sweet Griffin. I made little certificates for coming in second place. Oh, sweet Griffin. And I gave them to my friends. Oh my gosh. I just want to hug you. I'm getting emotional thinking of this story because I'm just now processing like why I did that, and it makes me extremely oh, sad. No, it's charming. Oh, 
Um, Maybe they still have those certificates. Maybe they treasure them. Well, you them. still had your your math blaster certificate. Yeah, that's true. Space captain. God, I forgot about that. When you that. moved from Chicago. Foursquare um, fucking owns. I wanted to go... So this is, this is what I was interested in about Foursquare. Um, Griffin and I grew up, for the most part, in a time where the internet didn't really dictate how we found out about things. Yeah. So the fact that we all played Foursquare, Foursquare all around the country, but played with different rules is what's interesting to me. So I wanted to see if you were familiar with any of my... Okay, what are yours? Cherry bombs. What was that? That was when you could bounce it into somebody's square as, as hard as possible, and they would have like 10 seconds to go get the ball and bring it back. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think we had we a, called that cherry. We, we had something like that, but I don't think it had a countdown clock. I think it was just like, how big of a dick can you be? So they'd have to run ball. and go get it, and if they couldn't get it back in, and they would usually be hurling it from across the playground trying yeah. to get it back in. Uh, typewriters? Uh, is that where you could just kind of like bounce it really low to the ground? Yeah, like fast? very low. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. Um, typewriters. I also remember something called baby bouncies, which in my head is very similar to typewriters. Okay. And there was also like a like a TV tag or something. There was something where you would pass it around in a circle and everybody had to name a TV show, which I always looked forward to because that was where I yeah. shined. <laughs> I can't make a fucking layup to save my life, but I could talk about all the characters in ALF and all of the episode B plots. Um, gosh, what else was there? I, those are the ones that I remember. Okay. I mean, I, I named most of mine already. Mm-hmm. The main one was uh, inside lines are out, outside lines are in. And I was such a fucking like douche about that stuff. Like, oh, inside line. Nope. Like they would be playing <laughs> and I would just like catch the ball, like hit the inside line. Get on out of here. <laughs> one time, uh, John Kreider slapped me in the face because uh, I said inside lines are out, outside lines are in. We both got sent to the principal's office. <laughs> oh, um, he slapped me around on my face and I was fucking like seven. So I didn't oh, really know gosh. how to handle that. Uh, and he was tall. He was a big, he got, he got big early. He slapped me right across the face and it really stunned me. Um, and we got sent to the principal's office and I didn't say anything because John was my buddy and I should have, I should have. Did you make a certificate for him later that said <laughs> best slapper? <laughs> the story's making me sad too. I realize I'm looking back on that story and I don't know how I feel about it because I make some motions. I just didn't want my buddy to get in trouble. <laughs> Well, I didn't realize Foursquare was going to be such a rich vein for you. Yeah, I didn't either. But we used to play that like every day. I played it every day. Yeah, I played like, it every day for five years. So, school. like, yeah, of course I have that a lot of memories. And to hot lava. Uh, that's just where you can't touch the floor. Yeah, we had one of those like cement bar mazes things, mm. and you would sit in the corners and try and make it to other corners. Now, this is what I played. This is what I played in elementary school on regular elementary school days. In my tag class days, my talented and gifted class. Uh, we would usually just climb up on the big toy and do some, uh, by which I mean like, you know what I mean by a big toy? No, I don't. Like a, like a little thing with like a slide and a, like a jungle gym on it. Oh, we, like a playscape? Uh, okay. Again, a regional difference thing. A I think big there's a toy. I've heard big toy before. Oh my before. gosh, that's adorable. Uh, we would get up <laughs> on it. Climb up on the big, wait, can you say it in your West Virginia accent, please? My big, my big toy. <laughs> And we would get up there and we would basically do like a Final Fantasy LARP. Oh, God. That's what me and my friends at tag class would do. Um, 
We'd get up there and we would talk about, you know, how our games of civilization two went last night oh, and God. we would pretend to be, you know, Cecil and Rydia and uh <laughs> Golbez up there and you know, was casting Rachel spells. Bailey in this with you? Uh she was, yeah. I yeah, she was. She came in she was one of the students that I like, came in from another school because we didn't go to the same elementary school together. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean a lot of my friends now were were in that one. Not a big surprise that there's a lot of crossover between like <laughs> theater kids and like Oh, Griffin. Final, Final Fantasy LARPers. I've learned a lot about you in this conversation. It's been a good episode. And, and can I tell you something? Uh-huh. Love you more than ever. Oh, good. I'm glad <laughs> to hear that. I'm going to be un- really unpacking that, f- that fucking Foursquare <laughs> second place certificate story all night. I think we maybe we won't put this one out. <laughs> Um, oh, hey, we have submissions. Uh, thank you all for sending in your submissions. If you want to get uh, a submission on the show, go to wonderfulpodcast at gmail.com. Try to keep it one or two sentences uh, like these, and we will look into them. Uh, here's one. Uh, every autumn, I listen to Fleetwood Mac's Rumors, not exclusively, but a lot. It's the perfect soundtrack to the leaves changing and the beginning of sweater weather. And after four years of this tradition, I get more excited about hearing Stevie Nicks sing uh, Dreams than I do about Christmas music. And that's from Tori. That is such a good... Like fall music in general, the idea of like, okay, it's the first cool day. Let's roll down the windows and I put on, what do you put on? I feel like I have it. Like any Nick Drake oh, album. Oh gosh, I don't know. Nick Drake, Nick Drake, uh, I've never brighter, really thought brighter later. I will put that shit on and just like, oh, it's fall. Like this is the moment that I it's thought about over. like summer music. I've never really thought about fall music. Oh, that's oh, dude. I have two fall playlists on Spotify. Summer music oh. is like summer, summer music is not like jams. Uh, they're jams they're temporary cuts the feeling right yeah but like i will put on a nick drake album every fall and this it marks it's like a flag in the ground what's that i want to say joni mitchell although definitely she she does have some i mean california is fun and and sort Mm. of summery um i also equate uh like dave brubeck and like any of the like the jazz albums that you sort of added to our collection like i Mm -hmm. think about like cooking chili in the fall and listening to dave brubeck Ooh, it's nice that's getting me going right now. That was a very good one. Thank you, Tori. Uh, here's another one. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce this. Uh, Okeanos Explorer. That's O-K-E-A-N-O-S. Explorer live streams from the bottom of the sea make me inordinately happy. When I notice they've started a new mission, I fist pump quietly to myself in my office at work, eager to live out vicariously my childhood Jacques Cousteau dreams. Uh, they are currently exploring north of Hawaii. Uh, and then there's a link to the YouTube channel. Uh, and you can go to uh, just search for uh, Ocean Explorer, uh, O-K-E-A-N-O-S, and you can find their website. I, I watched check some- that out. I've never heard of that. Yeah, I watched some of the stream, and it's just like people going on actual, like using those like little submersible vehicles, like little underwater yeah. adventures, just like, hey, the world is like 90% ocean. Let's see what the fuck's going on down there. That's cool. Into that. That was uh, sent in by JB. Thank you, JB. Uh, here's one from Trishel. In April, earlier this year, I started ice skating, and even more recently, I started taking lessons for figure skating. I'm super excited about it, and I'm curious if you guys have ever tried ice skating, too. Tried ice skating? Yeah. Have you ever got, like, you ever thought about, like, getting into it? I grew up in the Midwest. Like, ice skating was what we did on yeah. the weekends. Um, did actually, you ever play hockey? No, but I wanted to. I was one of those kids, as I mentioned earlier, I wasn't unathletic but i also wasn't confident in my athleticism and to be a lady trying out for the hockey team i felt like i had to be super good that sucks and so i didn't ever do it i'm not saying that sucks that you said that i'm saying that like that sucks that that (laughs) was like a pressure that was applied so um because there was 
in my high school, there was one girl that played hockey and she was a goaltender and she was not treated well. And so it kind of set the tone. That sucks, man. Um, Let's go play hockey. Let's get into it. I love ice skating. I'm actually pretty good at it. And I, I, in middle school, I got my own pair of hockey skates and I could really, I could really turn those corners. I would love to go ice skating with you sometime. I have not gone since I lived in Huntington. Uh, and there was one that like we would take trips to when we were at church because it was like right down the street and I would always get blisters on my ankles because I, I guess I wasn't very good at oh, it. But gosh. then I just watched Yuri on ice and now I think I could really Griffin, carve it the I fuck up out there. I just this image of the two of us going ice skating and holding little Henry's hands and now I just want to go to sleep and dream about it. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, let's go there. Let's go to sleep together. Uh, this has been wonderful. Thank you for listening. This episode is probably a little bit longer than they're usually going to be, but we got really into talking about Foursquare and Wombats there. Uh, please review our show on iTunes. Now that we've switched formats, uh, it's really helpful to get your feedback. Yeah, we were the number one podcast. And by the way, we need to change this category, film and TV. Probably need to switch that. We will probably talk about film and TV sometimes, but it will not be the main focus of the show. Uh, and that was because everybody was like supporting us, and that really means a lot. And if yeah, you continue you so doing it, if you have not left a review, I know every podcast on Earth asks you to do that stuff, but it really is helpful when you're getting started out. And so now is the time to do it, and thank you. Uh, thanks to Maximum Fun for having us. You can go to MaximumFun.org, check out all the great podcasts there, shows like uh, Stop Podcasting Yourself and Lady to Lady. There's the new show who shot you with ricky carmona yeah um a bunch of really great shows all for free on uh, maximumfun.org uh big thanks to bowen and gus for the use of our theme song money won't pay um i am going to drop a, a link to the, the the song here in the the description of this podcast if you want to check it out uh but uh, it's like a really good jam and you should go check it out um anything else Nope, that's it. Yep, we'll be back next week with more wonderful. We still don't know what the outro is going to be, but we'll uh, light the <laughs> light the light the beacons and get everybody together, and we'll we'll figure it out for you. Because it's it can't be this. It can't just be us like rambling uncomfortably at the end of each episode. Every Some week. people have suggested like it's it's been it's been wonderful, or like it's been wonderful talking to you, or you know something like that. Uh yeah, I mean, we could just end it with a sort of like general, like positive, like, all right. <laughs> Woo! Well, no, we can't do that because we almost always record when our baby's asleep. Oh, yeah. Keep crushing it and keep crushing it like a wombat ass. You want to say that every week? <laughs> I mean, I want to say it this week. We'll figure it out. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Ricky Carmona, and I'm excited to tell you about a new show I'm doing called Who Shot Ya? Join me, LA Weekly film critic April Wolf. I'm going to call Star Wars when it comes out the Clint Howard Project. <laughs> film reviews editor for The Wrap, Alonzo Duraldi. Everything Charlize Theron knows about killing somebody with a high-heeled shoe, she learned from single white female, trust me. <laughs> and our dope-ass friends each week. I think we need to end this pernicious belief in our society 
that there is anything remotely fuckable about rich dudes who are emotionally unavailable. <laughs> so if you're tired of whack opinions and you're looking for a smart, funny, film discussion show, check out Who Shot Your Son? That's what we do. And you can find us at MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.